Welcome to Millennial Sex, True Stories Podcast. I'm your host, the Professor Double X, and I'm in the bedroom tonight. Thank you so much to everyone who has supported Millennial Sex, uh, True Stories Podcast, and thank you for your continued support. I'm very excited tonight because I just created and launched a Patreon page, patreon.com backslash Professor XX. I created a video explaining what it is that I'll be using donations for if I get any. And also, um, I just talked about my goals and what I'm looking to do in the future. The minimum tier is only $3. So if you'd like to support in any way, if you like Millennial Socks, you want to keep it coming, patreon.com backslash Professor Double X. Instagram at Betty, B-E-T-T-E underscore Bates. And another thing that I want to do are open bar meetups and sex birdie parties. So I've developed a game called Sex Party, and I want to test out the game by doing millennial sex-hosted open bars in different cities uh, where we drink and we play the game. Okay, so for our next guest coming right up, he's going to tell us a really interesting story about jumping into a relationship um, with this really, really kinky um, woman and... Um, it's pretty fascinating what he did to keep, keep up with her. Enjoy. After divorce and dealing with a divorce and deciding to start dating again. So I downloaded Bumble and Tinder. Did 20 first dates in February. 20 first dates. Yep. Okay, is that a challenge? Uh, so it was data. It was an experiment. So I needed to figure oh. out... So I didn't know how to screen people. I didn't know how to present a profile. I didn't know how to go have coffee with somebody and have a reasonable conversation to figure out if you liked each other, right? Like, it was, I pretty much ran on pure physical chemistry my entire life. Mm-hmm. And that apparently just didn't work anymore. And so... Uh, so you did an experiment of 20 first dates where you went on 20 dates with people from these apps? Yep, with that's di- right. 20 different people? 20 different people. In 20 days? Uh, right about one month, yeah. <laughs> so it was a date or two a day. <laughs> did you videotape this? I did not videotape oh, this. No, that's where you fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> had your own show on oxygen it would have been funny so i mean some of them were great um <laughs> so so it was like all different types of dates Must yeah, been expensive not i mean most of it was you know coffee or drink or whatever okay. it's fine um and so yeah so 20 first dates by the way i don't think i could get 20 dates in 20 days like you're that. incredibly beautiful i'm sure you could get 200 dates in 20 days if you felt like it who did you i mean was it easy you just like it was just easy to meet people, and they'd just be like, yeah, let's meet. So I'm in a... I'm 6'4". I have all my hair. I'm actually single. I live on Manhattan. I've got a pretty good job. And I'm interested in dating women in my age range. That's wow. not super common. So, yeah, there's a lot of interest, um, which is great. Like, I'm, that's <laughs> made life reasonably easy for me. And so, yeah, I go on these 21st dates... About half the people are just completely tired of internet dating. They, like, run through lists of the assholes that they've dated previously. Are you? Like, are you married? <laughs> have you ever cheated? Have you done this? Have you done that? And, you know, no, no, no. I'm a 
try to be a relatively decent human being. But then they didn't have anything to talk about when they've, once they've gotten through their questionnaire to figure out like whether I'm an asshole or not. They didn't have anything to talk about other than are you an asshole? What are some of the behaviors assholes engage in? So cheating was a big one. Oh, are uh, you a cheater? Are you a cheater? Is are it, you a cheater? I am not a cheater. <laughs> okay, uh, so that's fun. So wait, so what would they say? You're a cheater? Uh, so are, are you a cheater? Do you work too much? Do uh -huh. you, would you ever, um, yeah, are you divorced, divorced, or separated, or actually still married? Um, open relationships came up a lot. Um, you know, are you a fuckboy kind of questions. Like, yeah, you ever manipulate people to have sex with them? And questions about addictions, alcoholism, uh, cocaine, you know, just basically like... Very subtle. Very subtle. Okay. I've been burned before, and I'm not going to get burned this specific way again, which is fine. I, I don't actually have a problem with that. But not having anything to talk about after that was... I would consider that the bad date category. Of the 2010, fell into something like that category. You know, really weren't interested, either weren't interested in me or weren't interested in dating at all or were only interested in not dating the people that they dated before. Okay. And so those tended to be quick dates. The other half were phenomenal. New York's filled with wonderful women with wonderful careers, doing wonderful things. They were super duper interesting. Excited to be there with me, excited to find somebody to be with great conversations. However, was not prepared. Um, the world has become a lot more sex positive and sex literate mm -hmm. in the 18 years uh, since I had dated last. And so questions about sexual compatibility and kink came up on first dates in about seven of those 10. And one of those seven was the first girl that I dated for any length of time. Um, and she was an absolutely stunning six foot tall German um, very beautiful, kind of a haunted look to her. Phenomenal sex. And she's very passionate, she's very vocal, she knew what she liked and communicated that well, and it escalated quickly to pretty rough um, exhibitionism for the neighbors, dirty talk, stories, fantasies, um, and sparks, like really lightning strike sexual experience for both of us. And afterwards, she opened up very specifically about having a category, a whole slew of submissive kinks and fantasies and preferences, which really got me to lean into that side of myself. And very specifically, she had a, um, she loved rough oral sex, uh, the rougher, the better. Uh, she wanted to be a pretty little princess. Um, and she wanted to be ravaged by pirates. Um, she liked to be manhandled, choked, slapped. Um, and some of those things tied up and taken um, as the main theme. And she wanted kind of an ongoing commentary to support that. You know, I think we spent the commentary? next... Commentary? Yeah, she wanted to be told, like, not only like what was going on, but how this fit into this fantasy life of hers, of being this, you know, effectively pirate captive, you know, at the mercy of the pirate captain and all of these other things. And so I would tell her stories as things were happening and, you know, ask her questions and, okay. um, and develop personas and, and things like that. And mm -hmm. some of those, like, some of those things are easy and like, that's not a big deal. Um, I can shove my cock down somebody's throat and 
Um, but I didn't at that time know how to choke a person safely. I didn't have much insight into daddy-daughter, little girl fantasies, um, of which this is apparently a variation. Um, you know, DDLG. And, or, you know, really beyond, you know, strapping somebody to the nightstand, how to tie somebody up quickly and efficiently in a way that doesn't hurt or distract anybody. And, like, she was totally into it. The feedback was phenomenal. And I liked her and so wanted to explore these things. And so I started taking classes. Um, and the wonderful thing about New York City uh, is there are classes for just about everything. And so the first classes that I went to were Shibari not tying at a group up in Harlem, Harlem okay. Rope Share. It's uh, Harlem Rope Share? Yep. It's on FetLife if you want to take a look at it. And that's when I discovered and created a FetLife profile largely to explore um, ways to make her happy. Uh, and so that started. Then I took an erotic asphyxiation course down at, was it Studio B by Union Square, which was created a whole nother story in and of itself. And this continued and escalated and got super fun and detailed and kind of evolved into a cum fetish for her. She was interested in multiple guys at the same time. She wanted to be have sex while covered in cum. We were putting cum in the refrigerator to save for later usages. Um, and shopping around for other pirate captains to join in on the fun. And all this was great and fantastic and fun for both of us. However, um, she was incredibly jealous in and of herself. Very shortly after the first time we had sex, we decided we were going to be exclusive with one another. We had both been dating several other people at that particular time and decided that we wanted to kind of go deep with each other. And so I let a couple girls off the hook. She let a couple guys off the hook. Flash forward a week, one of the girls that I had left off the hook sent me a text message. She'd been away on business and said, you know, hey, sexy, um, you know, sorry to hear that. Good luck in your relationship. Um, you know, have a nice life, pretty much. She saw the hey, sexy come up on the text message and blew her top. Um, which was confusing, and we had a conversation about blowing the top and having conversations before, you know, jumping right to a breakup. And she was fine, and she understood that and until about a month later. What was the second one? Oh, she found my FetLife profile. Uh, and so my FetLife profile, newly created, which had lots of submissive girls who were into daddy-daughter, little girl, fantasies, who I was seeking help from mm -hmm. to help tell her better stories... She had assumed that this is now my harem of little girls. And I then explained that I have never done this before and these people are helping me. And she looked through the messages and confirmed that that was indeed true. And we had a second conversation about paranoia, insecurity, um, jealousy, uh, inability to address things without crisis, things like that, how to communicate effectively in a relationship. And things were well and good for, I don't know, six more weeks until, uh, again, she had gotten in her head that I was cheating on her and I decided that three strikes was it and I just couldn't do that anymore. She had a meltdown, offered good counseling, kind of presented herself as 
whatever the attached book categories are, an anxious uh, relationship person, and I, we let it go from there. Um, How long was it? About four months. Oh, wow, that's a lot for that's, four months. That was a lot for four months. Yeah. yeah. Transformative <laughs> sexual experience, definitively, um, and I let that, I let the power of the sexual experience and the novelty of that, particularly in comparison to 15 years of very vanilla sex life, probably outweigh some pretty big red flags early in the relationship. So. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it was a lot of fun. Super fun. So, and you know, it just couldn't last that long because high drama. Yeah, exactly. But it was fun. It was. Yeah. Yeah. You got out alive. I did get out alive. I learned some things. <laughs> you didn't get yourself, your house burned down, so. <laughs> that was coming if you cheated again. Was... I didn't cheat at all. <laughs> I never even thought about that. This girl exhausted me, like literally. Well, you guys were still like in the honeymoon phase, right? Like, what's the... uh, so. And you guys were having threesomes and four. Well, we were talking about We hadn't and... quite gotten to that oh. point in it, but we were, uh, but it certainly was on the table. Thank you for listening to Millennial Sex, True Stories Podcast. I'm the professor at Double X, and I look forward to our next romp.